Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Alright, Evan. It's another podcast. And this one is interesting. <laughs> Unlike our all other, the other garbage. Yeah, all that other shit. This one's out. actually interesting, this we think. Be, yeah. <laughs> well, this one's about life, work, art, balance. Yes. And uh, as you were saying before, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, life, work, balance. But as an artist, there's the art in there, too. You're trying to figure yeah. out how in your life you're going to actually, you know, put art in there. And I think, you know, I'm finding more and more that this is something that even people who aren't necessarily artists are trying to figure out how to find a creative time in their life Yeah, where they can be. I mean, a lot of the people that are signing up for my screenwriting course, Timeless, you know, I'm finding more and more people like I, I work with traditional screenwriters, filmmakers, young filmmakers, people who are just getting into it. Yeah. But a lot of my clientele now, I would say even 25 to 30% are people who are in their thirties, forties, and fifties who have been working a job. They've made a pretty good amount of money. They even have families and whatnot. And they're like, I want to write a script or I want to make a movie. And so they're trying to find some type of creative outlet now. And so it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I just got a call with someone this morning about it. Right. And we were talking about, okay, well, here's the commitments to do in the course. You know, you got to write for about half an hour a day and so on. And they're like, okay, okay, great. And they're trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I put this creative time into my life? Yeah. You know, for me, it's on the opposite end. You know, I've been doing the artistry and now I'm figuring out, okay, I got to make sure I work and make money. Cause sometimes I get so focused on the artist side that I'm like, oh yeah, but we still got to make sure there's your money coming in. Right. Yeah. Um, with the clients and stuff, it's, it's good. You know, when there's, when there's a hot period and lots of people are signing up and I mean, as I put that all together, that'll be great with the BC Foam Academy yeah. or not, but like it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, trying to figure out, especially just getting money. Like when you get paid from artistry too, yeah. it's, it's like, can be a real feast or famine experience. Yeah. And I thought that'd and, be a great thing to bring up. And, and also, uh, as well within this, like there's like, it is a reality. I would say for the majority of artists that, um, most artists have another job yeah. that they're doing, you know, while pursuing. Um, and we've even, you know, uh, in, uh, an industry, um, pro vet, uh, Linda Darlow. Right. I mean, we did a workshop with her back in May and, and she was saying, she's like, if you're, she's like, you're, you're an actor, just like, just you've, basically accepted that you're going to be doing something else on the side. Right. Like that's just kind of for her, like that's not, I don't want to say that that's just a truth, but that is a very, there is a certain, yeah, I don't know. There is a certain truth to it. You know, it's like, well, yeah, is, you, I mean the percentage of like, if you're an actor, the percentage or a screenwriter, the percentage of people that are making money regularly enough so they can support themselves just on acting or just on writing yeah. is you know, it's a fraction. I think it's something like, you know, three or 5%, maybe 10%. Yeah. Right. And so most people are doing it and they do have to work some type of side job. And I don't think anyone should ever look at that as a bad thing. I think that's, you know, that's, that's part of, you know, you figure out how to do that. And I think with create creative pursuits, they're like a little bit of a side hustle. You know, your dad said that, like, it's kind of like, it's a little bit of a side hustle in the beginning because 
you know, there's, there's so much, um, supply and so little demand in comparison to how many people are out there that to, to get through and rise to the top, there's going to be a period where you're just going to have to work and figure out, you know, how to get by. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and so I guess we're going to get into a little bit of how you find that balance and, and how we can work through some of like the hard times that can, that can come as a result of certain things being out of balance and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe discover some, some cool stuff around all of this. Well, and also, yeah, I mean, I think, um, with, especially with the film industry, there's slow periods and there's slow periods for everybody. Um, you know, I always find that the summer for me, as far as like clientele with, um, just, you know, general coaching people, the summer always seems to be the, the most quiet time Yeah, because people want to go, they want to travel, they want to be off kind of enjoying Take the vacation, sun. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a time where, you know, it's a time where I don't rely as much on that, but, um, you know, I kind of have to prepare for it and plan for it. And yeah. it's kind of like storing, you know, if I'm a full-time artist and that's what I'm doing and maybe coaching people here and there, and that's all I'm doing. I mean, it's kind of like storing your nuts for winter in a sense, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> It's because you get yeah. you're gonna need to have a little bit of a hub to survive on, and hopefully you don't run yeah. out in that time, right? Um, that's just something I found. Yeah, yeah, and and also for um, for actors especially as well, like um, just the nature of of the business. Uh, you know, what one of my favorite books, sort of just on artistry and sort of practical living within that. That should, that's also a very enjoyable, entertaining read is paddle your own canoe mm. by Nick Offerman. Mm. He's so good. And, and he, he talks about how it's like how he kind of got into woodworking cause he's got a shop, like he has an operating right. woodworking shop and that's because it's something he loved to do. Right. You know, it was, he took something that was just like, a, like kind of a hobby. Yeah. Um, and turn it, turned it into another vocation of his while he was, because he discovered he was in this place where it's like, well, you know, like he was, he was kind of living off of like his wife's spoils in many ways because his wife was like a fairly established actor and like was making lots of money. And so he was just kind of like, all right, I'm just chilling out here in Hollywood, sitting in the pool, smoking weed. And you know, like life is great. And he's like, Oh my God, after three days, he was like, this is awful. Mm. This is terrible. What am I doing? Right. You know? And, and, uh, so he started a woodworking shop, which was something that he enjoyed to do. Mm. And it also, he stopped going out for certain projects as an actor, right? Because he's like, well, why would I go and spend time pursuing a lottery? Basically when I can go and do this other thing that I really enjoy doing. And I've got and I actually am making money off of doing this. Right. Right. So to me, I think that's kind of the ultimate thing you want to, if, I mean, if you are just like a working artist and like you, you're able to, to pay your bills, live well, like you've got a good quality of life, uh, just on your art, then hats off, get in, in touch with us. We'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but for the majority of people, you know, it's like, there is this necessity of, of having kind of something else that, that you're doing in addition to your art. And so for me, it's like finding something else to do with yourself Mm. that earns you an income, uh, is, 
is such a a beautiful thing, right. I think, to discover as, as an artist. And in fact, I, I think that they can even be things that actually empower our art mm. even further. I can't remember. It was, I read this article from a, this, a terrific film director and he had spent time doing all kinds of weird jobs and he encouraged people like artists. It's like, go out and do some world shit, right. like work a job doing this and work a job doing that. Like, do other things, live life. You can't just insulate yourself from the world and expect to be a good artist. Like right. you've kind of got to get into the thick of it and have experiences and, and not just to do it for experiences, but actually pursue things that interest you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's where I think you eventually, you start to, to end up going as an artist. Like I know for myself, especially it's just like, well, I'm, I'm become so interested in, in teaching. And that's just like, that's another thing that I really love to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I make money off of doing, and it's, it is actually related to what I do, but, um, it's kind of its own thing as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think when you get like, as you've been in this industry for a long time, you know, and you've, you've really put a lot of your heart and effort into it as you get older, it makes sense that you might become a coach or a teacher or something like that, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of experience that you've gained and a lot, you know, a lot to share. And if you have something unique to say, you know, um, then I think you can be, you know, you can be rewarded pretty well for that. Um, and I I think that, you know, I think we're always kind of teachers and we're always kind of students, you know, all the time. And I think that, you know, one thing that I find is like, as I, you know, I teach people how to write scripts and make movies and stuff. But I mean, even where I'm at as a filmmaker and a writer, I mean, there's people who are way, way beyond where I'm at. Right. Yeah. And so there is this part of me that's like, you know, I always, I always keep in check. I'm like, well, who am I to teach someone to write a script or make a movie? But I think that, you know, you look, you got to look at it in terms of what's available and, and do you have something that you're offering that's actually unique? Yeah. You know? And so, I think for me with the teaching side of it, you know, like what I really like to see people do. And I think what makes me, uh, you know, good with say the teaching side is I really like to see people get on their feet, actually make a movie, actually write a script. I really don't like it when people just talk. Mm. And one of the biggest things that I've found in the industry, as far as like, you know, producers and, and, and people who get stuff made is they just get so annoyed with people talking bullshit all the time. Yeah. And so my school is primarily just designed around getting people on their feet, getting them actually doing it, getting them producing something. And I think that, you know, that's, that's kind of a special niche because not there's, there's really great teachers out there who have way more experience, but they don't necessarily care if you get on your feet you know, they just care, you pay the money and then you learn from them. Yeah. And then hopefully you do. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think when you become a teacher, if anybody's thinking of doing that, you want to look like, where can I, where can I bring some value to this in a unique way? Mm -hmm. I think you're trying to do that with your acting school too. You know, you're trying to bring people back to the foundations, which is ironically what I, what I find really funny about that is that is really where we all need to go. And you don't have to be the most advanced person to bring someone back to the basics, but the basics, well, this is just my experience of it, but I find that the foundational fundamental stuff is where all great things are born. And I find that more and more of my career. In fact, personally, in my own career as a writer and a filmmaker, all I'm trying to do is go back to when I originally started and rebuild because I look at it as like, okay, well, as it gets more complicated, it's easier to go off track. 
Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, and I think like, you know, as far as, as far as just having other jobs, I mean, all of that stuff is just going to give you more experience, you know? And, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about that, like, cause last summer, right. Similar thing happened to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was short, you know, I was short money. And so what I did was I basically just went off and I did some construction for like, you know, a, a half yeah. a month or a month, you know, and I made some pretty good money doing that. But it, you know, it was funny cause I was there and I'm, I'm doing it. And like, uh, I, you know, I felt great being there because the money I was making, I knew was helping me to do more of my art when I came back yeah. and then fall came around and things are good again. But, uh, you know, I think that, and it's the first time I really had to do like uh, labor for, for yeah. a while, you know, but I look at it, I'm like, you know, the, the big thing that I keep getting reminded of is that I don't do my art to make money. I make money to do my art. And I have to kind of keep reminding myself of that because I think that when you start, you like, you can't wait to make money from your art, but uh, it's a great thing. To it's be able a bonus. To do. Yeah. Really though. It's a bonus. It is. It's not yeah. really the point. I mean, yeah. if it is the point, you should go and do something else. Cause there's way other better ways to make money. Yeah. But like, I'm not saying I don't want to make money from my art, but what I keep having to discover with myself is like, if I start pursuing this for the money, it messes all this stuff up because yeah, this is kind of my expression. It's kind of my joy. So it's been an interesting yeah. thing to navigate. And, and I think, uh, cause part of what, what got us into this conversation is that, you know, we were talking about how, you know, what happens when, when you're worried about money, you know, when you're worried about paying the bills, your art just takes and your life for that matter. Um, kind of gets curtailed, right? You know, like it gets, it gets a little bit curbed because all you can think about is like, holy shit, how am I keeping the roof over my head or how am I going to like make it through the next month? Right? Like you are, you are brought down to like your, you know, what I'd say Western world survival issues, not real survival issues, but you know, what we would consider survival issues. Yeah. Right. Um, food shelter essentially. Right. Uh, and when, when that's, uh, in jeopardy, then everything else just kind of goes like, there's like your ability to, to create your ability to, um, really engage in the creative process freely, uh, and confidently is, is really jeopardized. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, um, one of the interesting things for people to think about and, and, in a way that it's like, okay, so how can we find some balance in our lives? How can we be kind of, I guess, disciplined, um, in our lives so that we have that sort of stamina we have where we can keep ourselves on a foundation that isn't necessarily, you know, full of like peaks and valleys. Right. Right. And constantly doing that. I mean, there's an interesting experience to be gained from that. I mean, ultimately like every experience is, is, is a valuable one. And, um, and all moments are key moments in our lives, but, uh, you know, it, it can get more exhausting and, and, and create more suffering than there needs to be. Mm. Right. You know, when I was, when I was starting out as an artist, as an actor, filmmaker, screenwriter, all that, and, you know, I was in my teenage years and my twenties, you know, early twenties and all of that, 
I mean, when, when it was a roller coaster ride financially, like I didn't know how I was going to pay rent or I didn't know how, what, you know, I didn't even know how I was going to eat or I was eating canned food or doing whatever to get by that, you know, at that time in my life, it was an experience and it was great. And, uh, you know, and, and it didn't bother me that much. And in fact, living kind of by the seat of my pants and just seeing how things work out as long as I was pursuing my art, that's all I cared about. As I've gotten older, what I found is that I don't, um, I don't care as much for the roller coaster ride. You know, I, I want a little bit more steady, a little bit more predictable. And I think that, you know, the roller coaster ride, at least with finances, it wears as welcome. You know, I think as we get older, and I think that's why a lot of people drop off the map as artists, like they say, like quitting point is about 26 onward until up to 35. And most people, if you haven't hung on till you're about 35, you're probably not hanging on. You know what I mean? That's pretty much your window. There's like a 10, 10 year window in there. And I think the reason why is we get in that window and we start to want things that are more steady, more secure, more dependable, reliable. We, we, we value those things. I think it's a part of getting older and a part of maturity. And I think for, for an artist that wants to survive that period, you know, that weird little decade of artistry is that you need to embrace the fact that reliability and accountability and things that create consistency in your life are good things. And they actually help you maintain your artistry. Yeah. Because the thing is, if I keep living, like I'm say 23 years old, I mean, I'm never going to do like, uh, I'm never going to build the things I want to build. You know what I mean? I like, Nobody wants to, you know, I mean, well, I'm not going to say nobody, but most people don't want to be like 60 years old or or 50 years old and be living like a 23 year old. You know, I I don't know many people who do really. And some of us do and we can do it well, but in some ways, like some ways that's a good thing, but in other ways you definitely don't want to continue financially. I mean, you kind of want to have, you know, you want to be able to have some things like it, it, you know, especially in first world culture, you want to, you know, you want to have some things that are steady. You don't want to be thinking like, where's my next meal coming from? And, you know, uh, how am I going to pay rent or how am I going to pay this stuff? And, and, and whatever. I mean, like as, and I think the thing is, is as people get older, like when I was 23, everybody was 23. Everybody was struggling. Everybody was trying to figure it out whether you're an artist or not. It didn't matter. But like when you start to get older, it's, most of your friends aren't struggling anymore. And if you're the one struggling yeah. person, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so uh, I, mean, just I think everybody still up. has their, has their <laughs> struggles, like no matter what time sure. they're in, but it's like, yeah, when, you know, when you're, you're younger, like, you know, you can sort of burn the candle on both ends yeah. and there's less of a price to be paid. It's like, well, whatever I'm hung over, but I'll, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to suck it up and blah, blah, blah. And then go out party the same night. You know, it's just like you, and you go that way, you know, or at least you have the ability to go that way. And, you know, you get older and, and that ability starts to go away. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's like what it, what it then asks you to do, what life then kind of asks you to do is like, is really start to figure out what the fuck you want. Right. And what do you really value? And what do you really value? Because I think a lot in your early 20s, you know, you don't necessarily value your own values yet. You have really societal values, things that have been projected on you. So you, you know, and that's the great thing about your 20s. You go and bang around in the world, try and figure it out. Right? You bang <laughs> I like a that lot. Tro- you I like that bang choice and you bang of, and you bang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You bang around the world. You bump, you bump into the world, yeah. right? You go do this stuff and you start figuring out, hey, you know what? I like this or hey, I don't like this. And I thought I did, yeah. but now I don't. And I, I thought I didn't like this, but now I do. And and things evolve and they change. Yeah. But And I think the thing is, is that's the hard part about the evolving part of artistry is where, you know, you start to figure out what you really value. And then you're, you know, I think when we start as artists, we're, you know, we're trying, especially when we're young, we're trying so hard to kind of find our own identity through it. And so trying to figure out how to be an artist and be, and be fully honored, honor that and be truthful and be committed to it at the same time, you know, growing up and figure out how to honor your values, because I don't think that your artistry and your value should conflict. I think they should align. Yeah. And I think that's part of, that's one of the struggles I've experienced is just kind of figure out, well, what are my values and, and what is like, how does this artistry fit into that? And how do my values fit into my artistry? Yeah. You know, like I, at a certain point in my career as an actor, I just stopped doing commercials. I just decided I don't want to be, first of all, I don't want to go to a commercial and not know what we're advertising. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I don't want to put myself in that position. I also don't, I didn't get into artistry or, or acting to, you know, to promote stuff. You know, maybe if, maybe if say I got super famous and I became a name brand or something and they said, Hey, do you want to be here for this commercial? We'll pay you a lot of money to do it. I might consider it, but then I had a choice, but just auditioning for commercials didn't make sense for me anymore. But that's a part of growing up and finding your values and figuring it out. And sure, there's money to be made in commercials. And I'm not saying it's wrong for anybody to do them. But for me, I just had to make that decision, right? Or I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, things change and they evolve. And so, and, and this is all part of that balance that you, that you learn to find. And it's a, it's a, a thing that constantly needs our attention, right? You know, we're, it's something that we, we constantly are going to have to work with and through in our lives. It's like, it's like working and finding, finding the balance continually. Yeah. Right. And, and we find little ways. I did the same thing, you know, I don't know when that was like about a year ago or so I stopped I stopped auditioning for commercials and yeah, I guess it was a little over a year ago. Mm. I stopped doing that and you know, I'd made some money doing that and stuff, but for the most part I was just, you know, I was going out for a lot of stuff and never seeing anything of it. And I certainly wasn't doing it, you know, going out and doing that stuff for, you know, as an artist, like right. it wasn't fulfilling me in any artistic level. Um, and eventually it just becomes thing that's like, whoa, I'm giving up, you know, things in my life that are important to me. Um, to do this. Right. You know, sometimes last minute, you know, like you got to drop something to go out to this thing the next day. And, and ultimately I decided, no, this is, this is was putting me in an imbalance for some people. It's not an imbalance for them. For some people, it's a really great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people I like, it's, um, it's an excuse. It's a reason to, to blow off something that isn't important to them to do this thing right? And there is, I, I'm not going to say that there's not a value to doing commercials. Like I got my first onset experience doing commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to, you know, I, I did a commercial that, uh, paid me well enough that I actually was able to, to quit, you know, my, my servant job for a couple of years, mm. you know, and, and I just lived off of the residuals and was able to take classes and I was able to work on my craft. And, you know, those were valuable things. But then it came to a point where I'm like, no, mm-hmm. not anymore. Right. Right. Like, and it's not, and this is actually something I, I thought, um, 
had occurred to me might come up in this conversation is, is, um, is judgments is about her judgments about things, Mm. you know, um, when, when things are out of balance and when we are sort of suffering in certain, certain ways, when something is out of balance and they're part of the problem, sometimes what can create the suffering and can create, um, uh, stagnation for us is our judgments Mm. about things where it's like, you know, you can't be artistic and create because, you know, you're in a place of, of you need to, to survive. You need to figure some things out. Right. And we feel like we're failures as a result of that. Yeah. And you know, that all this shit can come up totally. And it's like, that's not the reality. There's like, that's, that's just a thought. It's just, a, it's just an idea and it's a judgment and it's not healthy and it doesn't help you in any way. You know, as opposed to looking, it's like, okay, well, this is just like what I need to do right now. You know, like we, we look at it, it's like, I'll never be able to go to go back to my art or something like that. It's like, it's completely untrue. Mm-hmm. You know, it just means that you need to bring something back into balance right now. Yeah. And maybe that's what you need to do. You need to just focus on doing that and you need to be okay with like, okay, this needs to be shelved for a little bit you know, so I can get this because the thing is, is then otherwise you get stuck in that sort of, you know, you know, when you present like the robot with like the, the conundrum and it just like short circuits, right? Because it can't figure out the do. That's what you kind of do to yourself. It's like, yeah, but I don't want to sacrifice this, but oh, I need to do. And, and now you're stuck in this thing. And it's like, well, you need to make a decision. Right. Right. And, and, and accept your decision and do it without judgment. And it's like, you know what? There's nothing wrong. You've got to put that down for a second yeah. and just address this because now you're creating some movement, right? Now you're doing something. And that once you start to shift that pendulum back towards the center, now you're just like, Oh, okay. Suddenly I, you can do your art again mm-hmm. and you can do it from a place that where you have less on your mind, you have less weight on your shoulders. And you can just be like, Oh, okay. I can actually focus on this. Right. Right. But likewise, you can, you can say, okay, you know what? I just need to do this right now. Cause I've been there where I just like, I just need to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. I just need to like, I'm in a place like I'm, I'm like running on fumes. Money needs to happen. And that became my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it just became too much of my life. Too much of my energy was suddenly going into that. And yeah, I had, I had money all of a sudden. It was great you know, like uh, certain things that were out of balance were now in balance. You know, there were, uh, things had opened up to me, but I'd shut the door off to my artistry. Right. And I was like, holy shit. And now, and then it was like, okay, I got to do something about this. And then I jumped back into a class, you know, I started doing some writing again, started doing some things it's like, whoa, okay. Now we've shifted back over here. But then the life issue came. It's like, well, I'm just like, I'm, I haven't really changed how much I'm working. (laughs) I'm working like crazy. And I'm also like doing my art and it's just like, and it's becoming so difficult to do. I'm just burnt out from doing this. So then you go, so what do you do? And then that's when I start to cut back the work a little bit. 
but still keep it. Right. Right. And it's like, keep it because I'm like, I'm getting good things out of this work. There are things that I value that I'm getting out of doing this, but it is taking a little bit too much of my energy from these other things, from my life and my art. Yeah. You took a couple days off from your work, right? So that you could, uh, do more to live more and to do more yeah. your artistry. And like you found that, you know, you found that you didn't need like as many days working because I mean, I, th- I think that's the real, that's the thing, you, you know, you're, you're on it because it's like, I need to make enough money so that I, you know, can kind of have the lifestyle that I want to have. Uh, I need, and, and kind of like, you know, live the way I want and feel like I'm building something, but also like, um, you know, I still want to be creative and, and it's not just that I want to be creative and do my art. I also want to be able to go out and socialize with friends and do stuff like that. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that I've found is I think one of the hardest things that I've found is when you're really finding this balance, you know, you got to figure out what you really value and what you're, what you really want and what you're willing to give up. Like, you know, going out for drinks and going out to clubs and stuff all the time, you know, or whatever, which is something I did a lot more in my early twenties. I don't really want to do that anymore. Not, not necessarily because I don't want to be out with everybody. I'd love to be out with everybody, but I look at that and I go, you know, the amount of money that we'll all spend going out and doing that all the time, you know, what I could do with that money over here, it makes more sense for me. Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think, you know, people are more capable of having more of what they want or living more the way they want. But usually the challenges were unwilling to give up something like, yeah, you know, and I think like sometimes it's giving up stuff that we don't even actually value that much. Well, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're just scared if we give them up that like something like we'll miss out, like the fear of missing out or something. Yeah. Or it's the judgment that's like, if I have to give this up, it means that, you know, I screw up like, you know, going to the club or going to the bar, if that's something you regularly do. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's like, you know, it it was early in my twenties when it was like the whole, like going to the club type of deal became very mundane to me Mm. after a very short period of time. I was just like, this is really boring actually. Like every place was just kind of the same. It was always the same type of thing. And I'm like, okay, well this doesn't really interest me. And yeah. And it's also like just costs a lot of money to do this, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're (laughs) young, a young artist who's burning at both ends and you're working and auditioning and you're like, ah, like you're just running around. That's what I feel like my twenties just was. It was just running around to everything. Yeah. Totally. Running to work, running to the audition, (laughs) running to class, (laughs) You know, it was just like running, running out to this party. Like it was just running, it was just running and running and running. And, and it's just, yeah, I think when you're twenties, like when you, you know, when you, you want those experiences and I think, you know, some people, and there's never, a value to having that yeah, experience totally. for and, sure. You know, and there's a certain kind of going out there and, you know, just, you know, so to say balls to the wall, you know, yeah. just be like, go all out. And, and, you know, like you're like, I mean, I don't know if you ever had a friend who's like a friend who went out to the club or something like that. When you were like in your early twenties, they're like, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. And it's like, you spent like $300 last night on drinks. They're like, I know it was fucking awesome. But it's yeah. like, you know, like there's this kind of like when you're in your early twenties, you don't really fear the consequences so much, you know, yeah. like I think as you get older, you start to pay attention. And also 
as you get older, you start to have more people that are reliable on, like relying on you when you're in your early twenties, like no one's relying on you. So (laughs) it's kind of like, well, if I get kicked out of my apartment or my house or whatever, I'll figure it out. I don't really own anything. All my dishes and shit are like hand-me-down stuff. Yeah. So there's a certain kind of freedom to it. I think as you get older, you know, you, you kind of, there's certain things like, you know, I mean, if whatever, I mean, you're getting married, for example, we're going yeah. off to the Island. We're going to go do that. Right. Like I got to make sure that I can afford to go and do all my shit. You know, like I got to make sure I can do that. Like, like when you're younger, you might just be like, you, you don't have those types of pressures all the time. You know, like you, yeah. you can't go, you don't go. But like when you get a little older, a lot of the time, you know, there's things that come up in life and there's not just one, there's like several things. So you try and figure out how am I going to make sure that I still can be there and show up yeah. for everyone and not, you know, let anyone down because there's, it's not really as ex- also socially acceptable as you get older. Like when you're in your early twenties and you kind of, you know, fuck off and you do something, it's like irresponsible. People are like, ah, you know, whatever. Like it's, you're yeah. young. So maybe you get, your, some of your family members yeah. give you a bit of a harder time sure. about it. <laughs> but as you, get, as you get older, you know, uh, society and everybody like are not quite as okay with that, you know? So I'm just, I'm just kind of bringing in the realities of kind of like, you know, and so you try to, you know, you, you kind of have to match a little bit and it's not about, I mean, I still feel like a lot of the time I still feel like I'm in my twenties, but I don't necessarily behave like I'm in my twenties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I still feel young and I still live young and I still want to go adventure and I'm very spontaneous, but at the same time, I'm not as careless. I think that's what's changed. And there was a free, like carelessness when I was careless, it was kind of like an ignorance. So there's like a bliss in it. There's like a freedom in it because yeah. you're like, you're not even thinking about the effects. But now when I make a decision, I go, Oh yeah. But you know, if I do that and, and this happens, these are the consequences. And also I've had in my life a few times where I've had to face the consequences, you know, but in my, I remember my early twenties before I ever had to face any real consequences, it was like, ah, let's just take a shot. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? And like sometimes, and, and, and it's almost like if it works out, you're like, well, I could do that all the time until one time it doesn't. And you're like, oh shit, (laughs) what do I do here? You know? Yeah. 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 And you start to learn about like what you, what you value and the risks that you're, you're willing to take or want to take. Yeah. You know, I think this, that's, uh, a lot of this conversation keeps coming back to value, Mm. you know, getting in touch with your values and what do you value in your life? Right. You know, ultimately like, cause you know that we talk, this is like work, life, art, balance, but ultimately like the biggest thing in this is, is your life balance Mm -hmm. in all of this, right? right? Like, uh, art and work are part of life. Uh, and so it's really about getting in touch with what we value in our lives. You know, what, what are the things that we, we really truly appreciate or grateful for that we want to cultivate more of in our lives. Right. Um, and that's where we, where we start to be able to find the power to make decisions in our lives. Um, to do or not do Mm. certain things. Right. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's interesting. Like you go through, you go through all this and you're right. I think everything gets calibrated back to life because, um, art, your art 
is not as important as your life. Your work is not as important as your life. Like the, the, the life is kind of the center point. And I think, you know, with artistry and work, we, you know, I think as artists, we're, we're trying to combine that to some degree, especially like the millennial generation. We want to enjoy what we do. Like that's really important to our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we try to find something where it's artistic in the sense that we feel like we enjoy it and we have some autonomy or mastery or whatever freedom over it, purpose with it. Um, but I think for a lot of the things that we really like, like, and care about, we're not necessarily going to make money from, but that doesn't, you know, it's important that we find time for them, but it's also important that they don't consume us so much that we can't actually, you know, support ourselves and, and whatever. And I think the thing is, is, you know, you brought something up earlier. It's like judgment, like, you know, for me right now, you know, I've, I mean, I've been paid as a screenwriter and I'm trying to transition. I'm making this transition over to filmmaking. And so I'm turning down jobs and stuff. If, if I went off, when I go off and I, or if I'm to go off and do another job, like say I go back to serving or I go back to construction or doing something like that to make money. Yeah. There is a bit of a judgment for me. Cause I'm like, well, I've been getting paid thousands of dollars to be a screenwriter, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know, so I've been getting paid this money to do this. Well, if I go and do that, then that does that, does that like, it kind of feels like a little bit of a failure. It feels like a step yeah. back, but like, I kind of have to stop and go, well, if this helps me do more of what I really truly care about, then it's worth it. And so I'm at this point in my life. I'm also like, you know, I'm also kind of going through this, this juncture in my life where I'm going, you know, I love writing and I love making films, but you know what I actually also like, and I'm finding out more and more is I like entrepreneurship. I like building Mm. business. I like putting something together, creating a service, creating uh, a system. I like doing that. And to me, like if you would have asked me that when I was 20, I probably would have said no fucking way. But now I'm in a part in my life where I'm like, I really have this great respect for business and, and entrepreneurship. Yeah. And, and so for me, I'm actually looking at it. I'm going, you know, if it had nothing to do with film or even any type of artistic medium, but it was just building a business that created a service that, that really people valued and, and helped their lives, I would find a lot of reward out of that. And so there's this kind of like, weird thing going on for me where I'm kind of like, well, if I go do that, does that mean I have to give up on the film thing? And I'm, you know, and the thing is, is in some ways I get pretty tunnel vision because the only way I see making money is through film. But I think sometimes that really limits me. And I think Mm. sometimes it stops me from realizing that I actually like doing other things, you know? Yeah. Uh, So you know, point. like Daniel Day Lewis stopped acting for a bit and went and been a, when was a cobbler, you know, yeah. like worked on shoes. Uh, you know, you're talking about paddle at your own canoe. Like he went and did his woodwork. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like still does it. Right. And so there's things that I like that aren't necessarily related to my, my purpose, my art. And so right now I'm kind of in a place in my life where I'm like, okay, well maybe go pursue that for a little bit. Go try that. Like put this down Yeah. and don't be so scared about letting go of it because yeah, you know, the other thing too is in some ways, another thing that I've been thinking about recently is like, you know, if I was like a travel guide where I like just made videos and showed people places in the world and toured people around and did that to me, that might be a very fulfilling life to have too. But these options never even seemed possible to me until recently. And there's, there's a lot of judgment because I feel like, well, if I go off and do anything other than film that somehow I'm giving up on it and 
in, if I keep going the way I'm going with film, I mean, I'll, I'll have a pretty, like if, if nothing changes, I'll have, probably have a sustainable life in film and that's okay. But I don't know if that's really what I want. I don't know if that's actually my, my full, like that's really fully me realizing my purpose and my mission in life. Yeah. And so it's weird, man. It's like a weird shakeup, you know? And so like, you know, entrepreneurship has been a really like fascinating thing. I mean, I'll I'll go online and like, I'm studying business and I'm studying, you know, marketing and investment and stuff like that. And sure, all this stuff parallels over to film and producing, but for me to kind of like, go, well, Hey, you're interested in this. But when I was in school and the way they kind of jam it down your throat, I was like, ugh let me do, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. So I never even realized I might've liked some of the stuff that was being talked about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I've been, we talked a little bit about this on our last podcast, but you know, I had listened to this, uh, interesting talk recently and, uh, you know, they were talking, it, it was kind of about, uh, enjoying the thing that you're in, the thing that you're doing as opposed to the, uh, the, sort of idolization or objectifying of, or result oriented. There's a lot of ways you can look at it. I've realized as I've been kind of going and sifting through all of this. Um, but like this idea of like, okay, it's to get to this other thing, everything you do when you make everything about to get to this, this place, Hmm. right. Is actually like, it's a recipe for disaster in your life. Right. Um, so we often overlook things that we enjoy doing. Um, because we don't necessarily see what, what the end result is. Right. I mean, it's always good to have an end to a journey, right. But it's the journey that matters in the end. I don't remember who said that, but, (laughs) um, but basically like, and they talked about, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like people who, who start up a business, right. And they, and they do a business and they, and they work this business and then it becomes really successful and they sell it. And they go, and it's like, what? Like, why would you sell, sell a business? Like, well, it's because it didn't matter. Like the actual thing didn't really matter. Right. What, what was the, the whole point was that actually they just didn't, they just enjoy building businesses. Right. They enjoy creating businesses, fulfilling a need that's out there for, for people. And then once it's been built, they're done with it. Well, that's, right? the, that's the thing that I'm finding for myself right now is I want to build businesses and sell them just for the sake of building businesses. It's like to Frank me, Frank Kern did that. That's how he got his start. Right. And then he found his groove as being like, Oh, I like ha- teaching other people how to do this. Right. Okay. Right. But that's I mean, that's, yeah. that's how he, he started doing building businesses that he had not, he knew nothing about. Right. And he just learned kind of how to do some things and he built these things and he sold them and got really like that. That's how he started. Well, you know, I'm finding for me, that's something that's, I have a real calling to that. And also I have a really high value on controlling or having some say over where my future goes and what I build. And like I, the thing that I don't like about the film industry and I've never really liked about the film industry is that a lot of the time I feel really out of control. I feel really at the whim of someone else to determine, you know, how much I get paid or when something gets made and on all of this. And I mean, I've, I've always tried to be entrepreneurial with film and just go off and make my own films and go and, you know, write my own scripts and do it, whatever. But, um, and I still will do that. I I don't see myself stopping, but like 
for me, like I even wanted to be an architect before I ever got into film, right? And to me, the thing that appealed to me about architecture was that I could build a house, I could build a, a building or a property, or I could do something like that. Yeah. And it, automotive uh, engineering, like designing cars, was interesting to me. But the thing is, is that what I might be finding out for myself creatively is that film became something that I felt I could do, but it, but it might not be that filmmaking is really, it's, it's, it might only be a fraction of what I actually want to do with my life. Cause I'm thinking, you know, I like putting together a movie. I like putting together all the pieces, bringing all the people together, you know, creating something of value, figuring out how to get it out there. I like doing all that. A business is the same way. Mm-hmm. And so the other thing though, with a business though, is that, you know, you can actually control and make a lot more money and you can actually, you know, figure out how to leverage what you're doing. And then when you've built it, you, if it's really good and you've done it properly, which I've been learning a lot about how to do this, you can sell that off, make a lot of money from that and go start another creative venture. And so if yeah. you're, if you're a creative entrepreneur, you're in many ways, just like a creative producer. You, it's like the same as finding a, finding a great script or a great story or movie and turning it in and bringing the piece together. And then you sell it and it gets distributed or whatever. And you might still be a part of it to some degree, but you move on and you make another and you make another and you make another. I mean, being a filmmaker or a producer or a creative producer is basically like starting many small businesses over and over and over again. That's really what you're doing. And so I'm starting to realize that like, I don't need to be limited just to screenwriting and filmmaking, but it's hard for me right now. I'm like kind of in this, this tug of war with myself going, well, you can't not do film. <laughs> Everything needs to be film. Yeah. You know, you said you would do film. Kind of, it's like, it's like me shaking myself going like, you can't not do this. You know and it's like? Yeah. Well, wait, maybe I can. Like, maybe I don't have to, you know, and that's, I don't know. It's an interesting time that way, you know, yeah. because it, and it's, there's so much judgment I have. There's so much like, um, letting go because I feel like I'm, I don't know, like breaking a promise to myself when I was younger. Like if I do anything other than film, somehow I'm breaking that promise and I never want to give up on anything. But, uh, you know, I think the, the other thing too is it's, it's not giving up, it's pivoting, you know, it's figuring out, okay, well I've gone down this direction for a little while. I've been getting certain results out of it. This is what I foresee in the future. Um, is this really the path I want to stay on or do I want to pivot and go another way? But everything that led me to this point allows me to pivot where I want to go. Like, and the thing is, is I think the problem too, and I think this relates to this whole, like, you know, life, work, art, balance type thing is that sometimes I think as artists, we can get too tunnel visioned where we get so focused on it having to be a certain way. Like I think about the actors that are always like, well, it's audition, audition, audition. It's like, well, they're okay. Well, first of all, you know, maybe not audition. Maybe it's more like, you know, make your own stuff. Maybe it's more like get to know some people. Maybe it's more like, you know, collaborate. Um, maybe there's more than one way just to do that. And so, you know, then once you start opening up your tunnel and you start seeing more options, then you can even see more. And I think it's scary as for us as artists, because the world's constantly telling us you can't do this. There's no money in it. It won't work. So I think we're scared to do it any, any other way than we've been shown or told how to do it. Yeah. And so like the thing that I'm kind of discovering as I go through this is like, well, if I had a business that was making a lot more money, 
it would give me a lot more freedom to make the films and stuff I wanted to make. Actually, in many ways, more freedom. The, the challenge is, would it take up so much of my time that I wouldn't have time to be as creative anymore? Yeah. And so for me, as I go down, if I want to venture down this road, I just have to figure out how to do, how to do business where I can still make enough time for me to express myself creatively. Because if that goes out the window, I don't think I would really want to do some kind of business, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's just the juncture I'm at in my life. Yeah. I'm kind of navigating it. Yeah. You know, it's all about, I think it's like, it's making your work and your art a reflection of your life. Right. And kind of vice versa. Hmm. You know, it's like, everything is just like making it a reflection of, of, of your life, um, of a conscious life that you're choosing to live of the decisions you're making of, and, and the values that you hold, mm. you know, and, and yeah. And like, and then create, you know, cause like ultimately our lives are the ultimate creation that we have, you know, in our lives is, and, and we do get to create them. Have That's, you seen, have you seen that video? Um, I shared it and a lot of people have been resharing it off my wall and I'm sure many people have been sharing it period, but it's called, I need more color and it's Jim Carrey. Oh, I haven't watched I've been you gotta to watch, watch that one. Yeah. But it's like Jim Carrey basically long and the short of it has basically found art. Like he's found the painting mm. and he loves it and it's expression for him in a way that, you know, and his whole, and, and it, just watch the video. It's incredible. But yeah. he, this whole place has become paintings. Wow. And it's, it's really, really cool. But, um, that video kind of inspired me because it, I, I think of Jim Carrey as, I always think of Jim Carrey as an actor, a comedian actor, but now he's a painter. And I'm just like, yeah, that's right. Because you're not just a, you're not just a comedian actor. You were a comedian. Then you became an actor, a comedic actor. Then you became a dramatic actor. And that now you're, you know, and there's probably other things, you know, you became a spiritual leader in certain, you know, spirit, spiritual yeah. thought leader in certain ways. And now you're into painting. And the thing is, is that like, that is really like, he's following his path. He's finding his path. And to me, I thought, you know, well, maybe filmmaking and screenwriting is a chapter of my life. Maybe it's not my whole life. And like, you know, the only person that has a problem with that is me. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean, like no one else has a problem with that. Cause if I go off and I start creating really great businesses, you know, and you're enjoying yourself and I'm enjoying myself, who really cares? cares right? Yeah. So, but like, it's so weird. Like, like what, like it, it, it's like, I feel like letting go of film at all, even for the briefest moment is like death. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like in, in certain ways I'm like, well, if I really do love film, then I'll probably come back to film and I'll find film again. But like, it's also a really interesting period for me at this point too, because I am getting paid to make scripts. I mean, I'm getting paid regularly. So for me, there's a certain part of it, like, well, you're getting paid. Like, isn't that what you wanted? It's like, well, when is enough? Like how much do I have to get paid? How big do I have to be? And what I've been realizing too, is that there's never going to be enough. Nothing is ever going to satisfy this. If I'm writing features, for independent producers, now it's going to have to be features for movie stars or studios or whatever. And now it's going to have to win awards and now it's going to have to have certain, it just get, it's like a beast. Yeah. And it's, it's not, has nothing to do with screenwriting. It has all to do with my feeling of needing to feel good enough. Yeah. And that's like the most honest I can be about what I'm realizing about this part of my process. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard thing to admit, 
but it's really probably the case. Yeah. You know, and it's actually, you know, when you, and when you actually dial down to simplicity, it's like, I'm just like, well, just follow what bring, like follow your joy. You know, that's like one of those token pieces of advice that we've been given, but it's true. Mm. It's like, just follow your joy. But the problem is like, the problem is like, it's very simple, but our problem is like all of our judgments and our mental blocks around. It's like, no, because if I give this up or if I stop doing this, then it'll mean this and this. It's like, well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like you give everything the me all of the meaning that it has for you. Right. You know, even if somebody else were to say, say that to you and it's like, oh, so I guess that means that, uh, it was all, you know, like, let's say you're pursuing something, you know, for almost your entire life. That was how you identified yourself. That was everything. And you say, and you came and said, no, I'm not doing this. I'm actually doing this now. Hmm. I love it. And they're like, oh, so I guess that whole thing just didn't work out. And it was like a big waste of time. Right. That, but that, <laughs> we do the, that, we that, do that to ourselves. Have, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, how could it possibly have been a waste of time? Right. Like there's, it's not possible for it to have been a waste of time because whatever it was led you to where you are now. And if it's bringing joy in your life, then who gives a shit? Right. Totally. Like it's like, yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter if it's making, if it's enriching your life, it doesn't matter how you got there. Right but whatever it was that happened is what got you there. And so if somebody were to say something like that to you and you've already worked through that, you've moved through that and you're like, no, I don't have any judgments about what happened. Then whatever they say would have no, has no effect on you. Mm. It would have no impact. You just go, Oh, that's interesting. You see it that way. Right. Cause I yeah. don't see it that way. But the problem is that we do kind of see it that way. And we get a lot of like, you know, fear, judgment, anxiety, guilt, lots of, lots of that kind of shit, you know, happening for us in the, in, in that type of scenario when it's like, no, it's not anything you've given it that meaning. You can like, if you completely take away that meaning, then you're actually completely free to just pursue what actually makes brings joy in your life. Totally. You know, I think, and I'm thinking like, when I was in my like late teens, early twenties, and I was pursuing filmmaking, you know, and acting and all of that, you know, my dad and I used to get in these bouts where essentially he would be like, well, you know, it's not going to work out basically. And I'm like, it is going to fucking work out. And I'm going to do it. And I think like in certain ways, this sounds so silly to kind of admit, but I think it's the truth is that in certain ways, I don't want to quit. I don't want to walk away from this at all because because I got such a, I went through such adversity at a young age to become a filmmaker. Mm. And I feel that I've succeeded at it at least to a certain degree. There's a part of me that goes, I don't ever like, I want to prove you wrong. But if I live my whole life to prove someone else wrong, then I might miss the thing that I actually really want to do, you know? And, and that's like, yeah. and, and when you see it that way, you're just like, what the yeah. fuck am I doing? <laughs> right. Like what a ridiculous reason to continue going down a path. Right. And so there's this part of me that's like, well, part of my fear of letting go of film is that I feel that that like 16 year old kid, that 17 year old kid that was like, no, I'm doing this. I'm I'm breaking the promise. Cause like back then I said, I'll never give up on this shit. You know what I mean? But like, to me, it's, it's not about giving up. It's about choosing something that I really care about. But at the time when I was 17, 18 years old, you know, I didn't know like 
I didn't know what I knew now about entrepreneurship. I didn't know what I knew now about business and, and these types of things. Those aren't, weren't even options. They didn't seem exciting or interesting to me. And I didn't necessarily have the mentorship to go down those roads, but now I do. And so part of me now is more like, well, you know, maybe, maybe what I always, maybe this is more what I want. But like, the thing is, is only now have I seen that as an even an option. Yeah. And so the thing is, is like, I still see myself going off and making films. I actually don't necessarily like I see still see myself writing scripts and putting up plays, but I don't necessarily see that as my work anymore. Yeah. Like, that might just be my kind of my play. And you know, I, I hate this word because my dad used to say it all the time. It's a hobby. And I, I hate, you know, I hate thinking of that stuff as a hobby. Yeah. But the thing is in certain ways, there's nothing wrong with something you love being a hobby. Like you don't have to make yeah. money at everything you love. But anyway, this has been, this has been kind of a weird period in my life where I'm like actually facing the things that I'm going like, I don't need to, I don't need to do it a certain way to please anybody but myself, you know, and I can do what I love, but it's, it's weird. I mean, it's like, I'm like leaving an old person to become the new person I am. Yeah. And, you know, and you brought up some stuff, this judgment, these fears, these things, they sound, they might sound silly. And in some ways I say them out loud, they sound silly, but like, yeah, they're basically, they're, they're kind of what I'm wrestling with right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? It's, it's a fascinating thing. I mean, cause like if I go like, let's just say, for example, if I say tomorrow, you know what, I'm, I'm putting film aside and I'm going to go travel the world and I'm going to be, you know, a travel guide and I'm going to make videos about traveling and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what I want to do. The thing is, is like, for me, like, that's okay. But like in, inside of me right now, there's a little like yeah. voice inside of me going, no, you can't but, do anything. Yeah. But film. You it's know what like, I mean? it's like, everything's going to go on the toilet. And yeah. the thing is that like, lots of people have stepped away. Sure. Lots of people have stepped away to do something else in their artistic careers. And then they come back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not always yeah. because they ultimately discovered there's something else that they would rather do. In which case, good for them. Like good for you. Like it's, yeah. that's awesome. That's fantastic. And if you come back, awesome. That's fantastic because you actually really discovered what it means to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's required. Sometimes you have to step away from it to actually truly discover what it means to you. Right. Um, and to really find your voice, to really find what you want to do. And, uh, and the other thing is people love it when, when people come back, right? People love the comeback. Yeah. You know, like it's just like, that's the other, it's like, it's such a weird, so it's so much of this shit that we tell ourselves about what this is going to mean. It's like, it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, this whole talk, because it's really making me check in with the balance side of all of this, because I'm finding right now, what I'm realizing is that my life has been so skewed over to the art side where it always has to be art all the time. I mean, and I've designed my life to be like, I need to be a full-time working artist. And like, I've literally defined myself that way. Yeah. And you know, and it's a pride that can get you into some trouble. Yeah. And there's pride around it. Yeah. You know, there's pride around it. And there's this part of me that's like, you know, that's, there's this part of me that's like letting go of that need to do that. Because the other thing too is, um, am I really doing that? Cause I want to do that. 
or am I doing it because um, I'm trying to prove it to everybody else? And in certain ways, for me right now, like, you know, I'm just kind of maybe having this conversation myself in a second, but um, I made it. I made it to the point where I was a full-time working artist, and I did that in my life. Do I have to do that for the rest of my life? Like, I got to a place where, you know, um, where I'm doing it, and I'm like, well, I don't know if this is really, like, if this is, if this was it right now, I don't think I would be happy for the rest of my life. I don't think this is actually um, fulfilling enough. I always thought that if I could survive, you know, and be an artist, even if it was minimal, that that would be enough for me. And I'm actually realizing that, like, there's more to the picture. And this isn't, you know, and, and so part of me is kind of going, oh, well, I just never thought outside of that. This like, it's like the, you know, you said earlier, like there's good to have an end of a journey. I actually kind of thought when I got here that this would be the end of the journey. And it is kind of the end of the journey. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you got here now, but now you want to go on this journey. And I'm like, oh shit. Like there's a whole nother journey. I want to journey do. never ends, man. <laughs> but it's funny, man. It's like, I, I'm, I'm kind of realizing this in this conversation because I'm actually for the first time sharing some of this shit. Mm-hmm. Cause I've just been, I've just been kind of, I don't know, like storing it inside of myself and not really, cause there's a vulnerability to, 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 for me to even speak the words of considering walking away from yeah. film. I mean, the last 16 years of my life has been film. Yeah. Half of my life has been film. I, like half, it's like, a, it's like, it's like a marriage. It's like, it's been interlinked. Every book I yeah. read pretty much and everything I do has been related to this. And it and has been a relationship. It has been a relationship. Yeah. And the relationship isn't over, even if I go off and do something else. But there's this part of me that's like going, okay, well, you don't have to like be tied to this forever. You can you know, like imagine like, cause there's, there's a, right now they're, they're developing the ability to maybe have humans live for a lot longer, like 150, 200, 300 years, even like, like, cause basically you make the decisions. Like, is that something, do you really even want to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, but you know, maybe even indefinitely because of certain uh, technology that's happening, yeah. but just a biological life form, a human biological life form could potentially live for 150, 200, maybe more years, yeah. hundreds of years potentially, because what happens is the, the long and the short of it, the, the part that keeps us young, they can re regenerate that in us. Right. So mm. if they can keep regenerating that, but the thing is, is if you live 300 years, you might not want to do the same career for 300 years. Cause imagine you had full health for 300 years, you didn't even really become an old person, right? Would you want to do like, would you want to do the job you're doing for the next 300 years? Right? Cause like right now, I think there's a certain kind of, there's a certain kind of promise when someone does a job they don't like, they're like, yeah, I'll work that job till I'm 50 or whatever. And then I'll retire and then I'll be off to do what I want. But like, imagine you had to work 250 years. Would you still work that job? And like, I always thought, oh, I will do film for all of my life forever. And now I'm starting to realize I'm like, well, I've done it for, you know, a decade and a half over a decade and a half. And now I'm like, okay, well, um, it was been a lot of fun, but like, I don't know if this is all I ever want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of this conversation is bringing to light some stuff that I was, I think, not willing to admit to myself. Well, you know, bringing shit to light is what we're all about on this, yeah, totally. <laughs> on this show. It's nice you know, when it's it happens like between the for, two of us. Huh? For ourselves, we do that on, for ourselves on this show and, and for other people too. It's interesting when, uh, I talked, uh, to one of our past guests, Shane Martin, who I'd love to have back onto the show, but he was, he had listened back to the episode that he did yeah. and he was hearing himself being like, Oh, I, I feel like, cause on the podcast he says like, Oh, I, I feel weird, you know, referring to myself as a musician. And he was just like, Whoa, like it was like, he said, I, that's so crazy to me because now he's just like, no, I'm a musician. Mm. You know, like he's, he's there. Um, that's and great. it's like, but it was like, you know, you air this stuff out a little bit and you just go, it's like, Oh wow. You know, only that's by a, taking a look at it, do you finally like actually get through it? That's the kind of magic of these talks. I mean, that's where these all started from too. You and I, when we started even talking about this stuff, we were bringing out what was going on for us and we bring it up and we just talk it out. And you know, this conversation is kind of going back to the roots before we even ever started recording these conversations where it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, um, it's given me a chance to talk it out with you and, and talk about something and go, Oh, okay. Well, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's other avenues I want to explore, you know? And, um, I mean, my, regardless of what happens, I'm kind of like film and my pursuit of film and all of that stuff that's happened up to this point I'm never going to regret it. I'm so happy I went out and did it because I really, truly did want to do it. And I know that wholeheartedly, but now I'm at a point in my life where I go, I might wholeheartedly want to do something else. And I think like, and I'm already going to give my takeaway for this. I'm going to give myself permission after this podcast to wholeheartedly go and explore something that might be totally unrelated to film and go do that and not feel bad that if it means putting film aside for a little while, or forever, that that's okay. Um, because I think every person that I know, like who's, who's in, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, out of all my friends, out of all the people I have socially connected, they know of me as this filmmaker, screenwriter, producer, they just know of me as that. And so in certain ways I've, that's become my identity, but so it's hard for even me to see myself outside of that. And I branded myself very hard that way as well. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting thing to even consider like, wow, like it's like, I can almost restart my life again. You know, who is Brandon when he's not the screenwriter filmmaker? And and the thing is we're all capable of doing that. Right. You know, we can tell people who we are. We can tell people a different story of who we are and people will, will accept it. Yeah. You know, maybe the people who've known us longer will have a harder time, but you know, the, the ones that matter will accept it. You know? And if you commit to doing it, I mean, they can't not accept it yeah. because it will become, you know, what you're passionate about. Right? Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring this up because I think of just, you know, my recent forays into music. Like I've obviously like, I've been, I've been playing an instrument for years and years and years, but actually getting more involved with music as a, as a creative outlet, as a, as an expression. And because truthfully for myself, I go, I don't even, I don't know what my future as an actor is, which is what I, what I got into and what I still work. I I still work with actors. Uh, and I love it. And, but for myself as an actor, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be something I necessarily continue to do. I'm not going to say it's not something I'm going to continue to do, but 
it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm uncertain about it. Mm. And so I go, well, okay. And, and actually realizing for me in this conversation, that it's like, you know what, it is something that I've put on the back burner. It's something I've just kind of put away. Um, like I've kind of been dabbling with it here or there, but nothing, nothing serious, mm-hmm. <laughs> quote unquote, but it's been interesting going into music and discovering that I can create in other ways that are just as, if not more fulfilling right now in my life mm-hmm. than, than acting had become for a good, good chunk of time. And it doesn't mean that I won't necessarily come back to it. Cause I don't know, maybe it will like speak to me again, but right now there's just these other things that I'm like, no, this is what really gets me. This is what gets me out of bed. Mm. This is what gets me excited. These are the things that really just like ignite something in me. So I'm not going to like waste any time. Like, like what is there to think about? That's the thing, you know, you're just like, what is there to think about? Like, you got to go with your feelings on this shit. You know, you can talk yourself out of just about fucking anything. Yeah. Right. But you can't fool yourself of anything. No, you know, this is, this has been like, so far, this conversation has been so helpful for me and it's been so good to like, um, have you as a sounding wall just to air some of this shit out because I feel like it's been something I've just had bottled up and I have not been willing to confront. And, um, you know, and I think what's interesting is like, regardless of, regardless of what happens, all I, all I really know right now is that there's some things, there's some doors that I want to go knock on some avenues. I want to go walk down that have nothing to do with what I thought I, with what I think I am or who I think I am. You know, when I was, when I was in high school, I was in a drafting design program and I was getting paid money literally every semester. And it was all going towards my tuition. I was basically like your prototypical, um, scholarship kid going to be an engineer, going to be an architect drafting is specialized drafting design program. I went away that summer and I made a film and I totally dropped all of my architecture goals and I went and pursued film. And 16 years later, I'm here now. And I'm glad I took that road. I'm glad I honored that. And the thing is, is when film came along, I knew that that was the right path for me at the time. And I don't, I think this is like another one of those moments where I might, you know, maybe I come back to film, maybe not, but right now I need to go and honor whatever the thing is that's going on right now. And if it means, you know, that I spent 16 years in film and then I said, no more film, I'm going to go do some other stuff that that's okay. And, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see myself entirely walking away from film, but right now I do temporarily. I see myself just going and doing some different things in life. And I think what really is calling to me, honestly, is building businesses and entrepreneurship and traveling. If yeah. like, if I can somehow figure out how to put those two together right now, that's the, like, that, like it excites me. I can feel it in my body. Yeah. When I, when I talk about film and I talk about all this stuff, I do get excited. I get excited about helping other people make their films. But for me, it doesn't necessarily drive me like it did when I was younger. Mm. Like right now, building a business to me actually is really exciting. And like, there's an art though in building a business. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so like, for me, like, I think the reason why I've resisted entrepreneurship so much is it always seemed like, 
I don't know, it just seemed like white collar, you know, work and like, you know, but it's, it takes thought, it takes creativity, it takes empathy, it takes thinking about what other people need and and how you can help them. So, and travel to me is also something that, you know, it's like picking up a great book when you go out and meet new people and you go see new things in the world. To me, that's a really fascinating thing. And I think a lot of the reason why I've stayed, uh, I mean, I traveled a bit, but a lot of the reason why I stayed and didn't do like big travel trips through my twenties was because, I mean, I did a few, but I, I didn't really do what I really wanted to do because I always wanted to be here for film and film has always been kind of the anchor. You know, it's always been kind of like, well, don't leave for too long. Cause you still want to audition. You, you don't want to miss opportunities. You don't want to, you know, you want to make your films, do whatever. But like, yeah, um, it's, it's kind of an awakening really, I, I guess. It's yeah. Kinda neat. Absolutely, man. Tell me about the spirits. Uh, it's good. And I'm nearly done. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> it's tasty. Well, all right. You like it. You're going to, you want to make any comments about it or for well, that, or we can just pour, we can just pour, just pour it. It doesn't really matter. We don't need to do the well, guessing game every single time. It's uh, I'm, okay. Let me just, my quick guesses are, it's got like a little bit of a, maybe a honey flavor to it. Maybe it's a bit of an ale. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe a little hoppy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's been pretty good. That's what I got. All right. I like it. This, <laughs> Give me more right, of it. So this one, <laughs> this one is from category 12 brewing. Oh, it in, is an IPA in Victoria okay. and it's called yeah. the wild IPA. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's been good, man. It's got like a, it's not a super, it's actually like, uh, as I'm just looking over this now and it's like 64 on the IBU scale. So it's higher, but for, for an IPA, that's actually not super high. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it that's the thing is kind of like it was between an ale cause it, they say it, it's a, it's a strong ale, you know, on the side here cause it's 6.8%. Yeah. But oh, then yeah. they call it a wild IPA. So I kind of thought it was a hoppy ale. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been really good. I mean, it's, uh, you know, again, you know, it's interesting, right? Because when we started this podcast, I didn't really like IPAs all that much. Here, have a little more. Um, thanks. I didn't like IPAs all that much, but the more, the more we do them, the more I like them. Um, you well, know. you know, the thing is like, cause a bad IPA is like, it, it's it can rock you a little, it can rock you. <laughs> yeah. It can, it can be almost undrinkable. Yeah. Um, and really put you off, but you have if you have a good one, uh, that's really beautifully balanced. Um, and also you're not in a rush. That's the one thing for me about an IPA. It's like, you're drinking an IPA. Don't be in a rush to get through it. You know, like it's not a pound down beer. It's like sip it, like enjoy it type of thing, which is like a whole lesson in itself. It's like, well, you know, you should drink it to enjoy it. Although I suppose you could just enjoy just like pounding back. I've enjoyed just pounding back like a nice light beer before, you know, just that sometimes that's what just what you're looking for. Well, when we we went, uh, we went to Pemberton music festival last year and we got, we got half of our beer in our, we had a lot of beer. (laughs) We half our beer was like kokanee, right? Like just a nice light lager. And the other half was a mix of different craft breweries and Mm. half about half of them were IPAs. And then the other half were, um, you know, just various other types of beers. But, um, I found in the middle of the hot Sunday, 
you know, when you're just kind of between things, you're like, let's go back, let's get a cold drink. We just wanted the coconies. We just wanted a nice light, didn't want to taste a lot, just wanted to hit back a beer, wanted to be cold, wanted to drink it fast, that was it. In the evenings, when we came back and we were hanging out at the tents and we were all just chatting, people chose more of the IPAs and the, and the other beers. Yeah. And because we would sit back and we would kind of sip our beers. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting cause I think like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a nice light kind of beer that isn't like, is it some craft design? Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's what I prefer. And I, I definitely got that sense last year where I kind of like was like, Oh yeah, sometimes I just want a light beer. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, these conversations, you know, I think like we're not pounding back beers. We're kind of tasting the beer as we go. So the beers that we have are kind of like, you know, uh, they're kind of a good fit, but like, yeah, I mean, if I'm, if it's a really like, especially these hot summer days, you know, it's like if I'm going out and I'm hanging out with friends and especially if it's just kind of, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to drink, you're going out to drink. Sometimes the first few beers, if they're just lighter, it's kind of nicer, you know, because then you just, you know, you're just going to hit those back anyway. Totally. And if they're too, if there's too much taste in them, you're not going to want to do that. Right. I don't really drink so much to get drunk anymore, but, um, you know, that's just whatever it is, what it is. We rate our beers. We do what we do. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's go back to this whole thing. So life, work, art, balance. Um, what are you, what are you finding out of this conversation? What's coming up for you? I mean, I've been sharing a lot about what's my personal revelation, but how about for you? You know, for me, it's what's really coming up out of this is, um, you know, the, is, is really pursuing, pursuing the joy, you know, not making it more complicated than that, you know, just like really cutting through the shit of all the stuff that we tell ourselves, you know, about like why we can't do something or why we shouldn't do something. Um, and, and this whole thing of, yeah, like making our work and our art a reflection of our lives, Mm. you know, more, you know, doing, doing more of that and finding ways to make our lives and, and our work and everything like make them all reflections of, of each other. Um, and judgments. Yeah. Like definitely been a big part of this conversation as well. Yeah. Just releasing judgments about a lot of these things and, and how taking a step back isn't, isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a, if, if it's a long one, I don't even like, know if it's a step back. I, I'm no, really, it's not. I'm really looking at more like just a pivot. Like it's like kind of like, uh, like right now, it, you know, it did feel like a step back before this conversation. Well, I'm not, I don't see, I don't look at it as like a step back as in like, Oh, you're like, like you're taking a step back from like getting to where you want to. I see taking a step back as being like, like, taking a step back so you can see the whole picture, uh, you know, like, like getting s- to get perspective. That's how I look at taking a step back, right? Take a get step it. back so you can see, like, so you can see it. I hear you. Right. That's what I mean. Not well, like, that makes sense. Not yeah. like an actual, like you're taking a step back, like you're, <laughs> you're fucking up. Right. That's part <laughs> of what we're, we've been talking about. It's like, it's, it's not like a judgmental thing of like, you're taking a step back in, in this decision. Yeah. Right. No, you're taking a, like a conscious step back from this thing that you're immersed in. Right. Because you don't know what you're in anymore. Right. And it's probably creating some 
imbalances, some disillusionment, whatever, step out of that, right. which means change what you're doing right now. Right. Like go, like do something else. Step away from this step away. Maybe not step back, step away. Right. So you can see it. It's kind of like when you say step back, step away, like I get that. Like it's kind of for me right now, it's detaching myself a little bit from who I think I am or who I think I need to be or what I think I need to do. And to, and almost to kind of blank slate it a little bit and be like, okay, you've been doing this for a little while, but like if you could do anything, you know, what might you want to just do? Right. Like, and the thing is, is, um, you know, I, I honestly, like the more I think about it, as I kind of take the step back that you're talking about and I look at my life, I go, I don't really see myself like totally leaving film entirely, but I do see myself putting film kind of almost on a shelf and pursuing some other things that I haven't allowed myself to pursue simply because film has been dominating my, like every moment of my life. Like I literally get up every morning and all I think about is like, what am I going to write and what am I going to make? And that's it. That's all I think about all day pretty much. And the thing is that those things can actually become a weight on us. Right. That's the thing, you know, because we put so much onto it and Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself and yeah, Yeah. a lot of pressure. and, And the fact that we put ourselves into a position where we don't feel like we can step away, Mm -hmm. like there's no room for that. Like we can't do it. And now we've trapped ourselves. Right. So now it's like, it doesn't like being it, you have to kind of be able to let it go. And I'm realizing this in this conversation for myself right now as well. It's like, you know, like I feel like I've been in a pretty good place and like gaining a lot of understanding in the direction that I, I want to head in the more sort of like immediate future. But there's been this thing for me. It's just like, yeah, but what about your acting? Like, what about your own acting? like doing a play, doing a movie, you know, getting back, putting yourself back out there in the industry and auditioning and stuff. Like, what about that? What about that? And just kind of like, there's been a part of me that's just kind of been like, okay, like hanging on to it. Just like, you know, a Mm -hmm. little bit with like a couple of fingers, like, okay, yeah, I'll just hang on to that. I'm like, well, why the fuck are you hanging on to it? Just let it go. Right. Just let it go. You can come back if you want to come back. It's not a problem you know, but for some reason I've actually been making it a problem as opposed to being like, no, just let it go. Just totally let it go and do this thing instead and just do this thing. Like there's no problem with that. There's nothing wrong with that whole thing. You know what, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I do know what you're saying. and, and stop letting just this little piece that's hanging on to this stop, like create unneeded weight, create unneeded resistance in the direction that you're going, because it is, you know, I realize that it is creating a little bit of resistance for me right now, still while I'm pursuing, you know, teaching Mm -hmm. people, you know, because that's something that really speaks to me these days, right? Like just what I want to do in that regard. And it's like, well then just do that. Yeah. Right. Like what's the problem? You know, what's interesting <laughs> is like, I think about cause earlier, you know, earlier this year and stuff, we were pursuing the making on the highway film. And then I went down the road of like getting love lost made and all of this. And I still want to make those films. And I thought, you know, as I'm thinking about this more, you know what my dream actually would be is I don't want to have to ask anybody for money. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be in a situation where I can, I can be like, okay, look, this is the film I want to make. And 
I have the finances, I'll put it together, I'll bankroll it, we'll do it. You know, and I think about it, I go, you know, with all my entrepreneurial skills, which I do actually have quite a lot of, I think if I just applied myself with entrepreneurship and I just went down that road, I mean, I know I'm capable of making money. I've done that before. I've gone down that road. I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I have been very good at sales and, and all of this and building value. And I think like, it's just something I've never allowed myself to really go down. And I think like, you know, if I could, if I could go down a road and build something of value that made a lot of money, what I would immediately do with that money is, I, uh, you know, I would take that money and I would either build another business potentially, but I would travel and I would make the films and stuff that I want to make. And the thing for me is that I keep kind of coming back to this point I'm realizing is that filmmaking to me in certain ways is, it is kind of a hobby because I like it more as a hobby than I do as a job. And the reason why I like it more as a hobby is because when it's a hobby, I make what I want to make and I don't ask for permission and I don't, I don't do it to appease anybody else other than, um, other than the people that I feel would like my film and the, and the people I feel like this story, like I just had someone call me today. You know what? it's, it's hitting me. I just had someone message me this morning who said, Brandon, can, and this is a friend of mine who said, can you send me your script? Love lost. I'm going on the, I'm going to the Island for a weekend. I'd love to have a great script to read on the weekend. Mm. There's something about that is so rewarding. I'm not going to make a dollar from that. But to me, the fact that someone wants to read my script and they're going to go away for the weekend. And I'm thinking, shit, you know, I've been looking at this wrong. I've been, because that's, what's the reward for me. Yeah. And I can, I I can write scripts like that. The thing is, is that I've been going about this in a way where I'm, I've been taking my art and I've been trying to push it through this commercialism, this industry. And I'm finding that it's not fulfilling, you know, and, and I keep trying to do it because it's become, but I have to be an artist that makes money doing their art. And I'm, and like when I wrote love lost, which I wrote like basically going like all the producers I know, no one's going to want to make this movie, but I want to write the script. I had more fun writing that script than I've had writing any script I've written in the last five years. And I've written yeah. a shitload of scripts, you know, anything, because to me, I was passionate about that. And I, and the thing about on the highway is I knew as we went down the road, I knew it wasn't the right time. But to me, I looked at it and that film has always stuck with me. And the thing is, is I thought, you know, when we went down the Grant Road and we looked at all that, I'm like, I don't want to have to make this anything other than what it is. I want to make it the way it is. And the thing that the, 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 the lack of resources was really the thing. And I thought if we raise money from other people, or we go down this Grant Road, we, we kind of have different obligations. And I thought, you know, what I would really love to do is same with Love Lost, same with On the Highway if anyone's ever watched any or listened to any of their podcasts, they know what we're talking about, but I would love to just make it on this micro budget and go and shoot it like gritty the way that we want to do it just because that's what I want to make. You know what I mean? And, and like this conversation is kind of bringing to light for me that there's certain things that I love to do that are simply because I love to do them. And I got to stop taking the things that I simply love to do and trying to make them fit the industry or fit commercialism or fit something else. Because I don't know if that's necessarily why I want to write scripts and make movies. Um, 
but I still see myself writing scripts and making movies. I just don't necessarily see myself as doing that to try and always meet the industry, at least not at this point in my life. Yeah. And, and I think that as I'm having this, this, um, discovery in this conversation, I'm realizing, oh, well, um, well, that's kind of neat. Cause that kind of actually takes certain pressure off. Now I can kind of, now I can kind of do things more the way I want to do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's very, it's, I'm having a very weird moment. <laughs> <laughs> Weird's good though. Weird's a moment. Weird's it, at least interesting. It is interesting. I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm letting, I'm almost like, I feel like I'm shedding a skin. Mm. That's what I really feel like. It feels like, cause I've been identifying with myself and I'm sure like people probably don't care as much as I do, but like I've been identifying myself as I have to be this person who does this thing this way. Yeah. And I haven't like really ever and, like let myself free of that. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is like, you've, you've talked about it in several times, just like, you know, consider the idea of never being able to do this again, right. you know, or, or not ever making a dime doing this or blah, blah, blah. Like, would you still do it? You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of a similar thing, right? you know? And, and also, uh, you've talked a lot about not, like identifying yourself too much under these things, but it's like, yeah, you know, that's sometimes been a big challenge for me is yeah, I identify with film, you know, but yeah. you know, we, uh, we it's teach the things, we, yeah, so we much. teach the things we need to learn the most, <laughs> right. As they say, um, I need and, to, I need to re-listen to our podcast so I can see what I've been talking about. Yeah. Th- those are probably most of my blocks. Really. But the thing is sometimes again, like you can't see yourself when you're in it. No. Right. Like, and that's why the importance of stepping away sometimes. Right. I think that's another big lesson of this one. It's just like, step away. Like step if you away, need to yeah. step away, step away. Like, holy shit. Like it's not a bad thing. No, it's not a, a step away. is not a step back. Right. You know, a little also I'm, I'm realizing too, as, I, as we gone through this, a little bit of commercial or monetary success can actually keep you trapped because in certain ways, part of the, part of the thing too is, um, it's been great to, to experience what it's like to make money from art. Like that's it. And I don't feel like everybody gets to have that experience, but it's brought up so much interesting stuff. I mean, I started reading books on motivation because I, I became unmotivated and I was like, because really getting paid for something you love can actually demotivate you. Mm. And that's been a big, that's been a big challenge for me over the last few years to start getting paid for stuff I love to do and weirdly feeling less motivation to do it. And, um, you know, it's funny. I watch, I watch this show a lot. I, I watch uh, dragon's den and shark tank. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. about bringing a business forward and pitching it. And then you have investors. Yeah. And one of the ones they were talking about, like they wouldn't invest in this one business. It was doing really well, but they were saying like, look, if we invest in it, you're going to have different obligations, different things that are going to be coming up. And I thought, you know, that's so true. Like when you make a film and I've gone down this road too, and you start to get investors, I've done this a, a few times now, you start to get investors. It changes the way you do the film. It really does. So in certain ways, sometimes it's better just to do it with your own money, even if it means you're doing it for less. In my experience, um, there's something more fulfilling and more rewarding about that. Mm. And I think that, you know, I think, unless you're one of the very few people who's like been given basically like the free reign to just like, like, here's the money and we'll leave you alone to do what you do. Sure. Which is like almost nobody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, and I think when you get to that point, you've kind of, you've kind of earned something, um, interesting there, but, um, 
I think money and, and like our love for doing something has this weird relationship where, um, when you're not getting paid to do what you love, there's a lot of motivation. When you start getting paid to do it, it actually can demotivate you if you make any relationship with it and the money. So the thing that I've been learning to do is now working without a relationship to the money. Like literally like, um, and I have certain techniques and tools that I'm doing where it's like, if I get paid for something is to not do it, like it's, it's to like detach from the money. And, uh, for one, one exercise I do, for example, is if money comes in and I get paid for a job, I literally do not spend a dollar of it. I literally just put it in an account and I don't look at it, you know, because the thing is, is that, um, if I start spending the money before I write it, then there's kind of like, you know, there's a relationship to the money and writing it just, just, okay, well, this is a script I'm going to write. Okay. I'm going to write this script as though I didn't even get paid for it and then go and do it because I want to write the script because, um, you know, they actually have done like experiments with this. They found that if you start paying people for something they already like to do, they will stop doing it because they like it. And I think that like, I think I'm in that weird middle ground as an artist where you start getting paid for stuff you, you like to do. And, um, if you're going to sustain it and keep going, you have to, um, you have to detach from the actual money you're getting paid. And it's really, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would ever happen to me, but, but I think there's, it's like a psychological phenomenon. And, um, after reading that book drive, I started to really connect to like, well, why do I like screenwriting and movie making? Well, I like it because I like the fact that I'm creating with autonomy. I like the fact that I feel that these films will, you know, will have an impact. I like the fact that I, I know that like screenwriting is not something that you just like are perfect at one day. It's something you get better and better and better at. Yeah. And those things have driven me. But if I do it for the reward or punishment, like, Oh, if I don't get this done by the time that they say they want it done, then there's going to be hell to pay. Or I, you know, they paid me or they'll pay me more money if I get this done. So I better get this done. Like those things maybe work temporarily, but in the long haul, I found them to be weirdly like they're like, they shoot you in the foot. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I'm like, uh, uh, between work and art, cause we talked about life and art and, and life and work, but the art and work balance is another part of the balance too. Yeah. You know, um, cause you know, I think there's a lot of things that we would love to do, but because we've been paid for them, we decided we don't love them anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's things that or I, they're not important. Yeah. Or as important. Well, like the thing is if, if someone has to pay you to do something psychologically, what happens? You start going, well, if they have to pay me, then it must not be fun. I mean, weirdly enough, we have a psychological phenomenon. Like, like there's countless experiments that have proven this over and over and over again. Yeah. If you get people to do building blocks in these psych experiments and they do it for nothing, certain things will happen. If you start paying them for the amount they can, they can do, and then you take away the money, watch what happens. It's really interesting. They mm-hmm. stop doing it at the same pace. And so, um, like really, uh, drive points out a lot of interesting things though. It points out the fact that once we have our base money taken care of, then it starts to become about like things that 
we actually care about. It yeah. starts to be like, cause basically you still need your bases covered. If your bases aren't covered, then that's a different discussion. But once your bases are covered, then you start to actually experience what you really want to do. And you start to experience purpose and real drive and real, like, you know, whatever. If you're, but that middle ground, that reward and punishment ground is a very, like, it's a mind. It's like walking through a minefield. Yeah. It's like, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Boom. You're not good at all. You know what I mean? And you don't even know what hit you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, holy shit, like this isn't working. And I think that the thing is, is the reward and punishment thing is very reinforced in our society. And, and so a lot of us don't even know anymore what we like or don't like. And we don't, we're very disconnected from it all because everything has become about, I need to do all these things so I can get these things or I'd better do these things. Otherwise these bad things will happen. And, 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 and when people function at that, it's like a very, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're not getting the full experience of who you are. And so that's been the big, like, I think that's kind of drive kind of, I talked about it in an earlier podcast, but it's been part of the stepping stone to get me here because I'm starting to realize now if I do things from a place of autonomy and mastery and purpose, um, which is basically the highest point of motivation, not the carrot and stick, not reward and punishment. Yeah. I start seeing that, Oh, there's other things that I'm interested in. There's other things I like, you know, um, there's things that I like to do that maybe I thought I didn't like to do, you know? And yeah. that's, and it's been a bit of a rediscovery because I always thought I was very autonomous and thinking about mastery and in certain ways I was and purpose, but I'm finding like, you know, there's this kind of, um, letting go of one thing, at least in this conversation, I'm finding out letting go of one thing opens up a whole new plethora of options that I never even considered. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm becoming aware of. Yeah. Ah, it's been a good chat. <laughs> yeah, man. It's been a really good chat. It's been a good chat. Um, so, uh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. So any, anything you want to take away with this? You want to um, tell people to take away? You know, it's, yeah, I might like the, the biggest takeaway for me is, is because this whole conversation has been about balance. So it's like, you know, really honor that balance. If there is something that is out of balance, then, then move, make a decision to shift in the other way. You know, it's like, if you're working too much and everything else is being sacrificed, everything's starting to feel really dull. Everything is becoming then then make some, some decisions, Mm. make some, create some movements, uh, to, to, to align things a little bit more, right. You know, with, with what you want in your life. Um, and, and, and likewise, it's like, if you're so far over in, in this one direction, you're like, holy shit, I have no money. I have no, you know, like I, I'm, you know, in a, in a situation where I'm, I'm just, you know, constantly stressed and and frustrated and whatever. Well, that's not good either. Mm -hmm. That's going to, that that's not going to help you in, in creating. So make a move, you know, and it's like, and, and the biggest thing is, is watch your thoughts and watch your judgments about it. I think that's my biggest thing to say to people in that. It's like, while you're starting to navigate this balancing act, watch your judgments and all of that. And to realize that your judgments about it are really pretty, are really quite meaningless, Hmm. um, and, and unnecessary. So 
let yourself free of that. Don't feel like you're fucking up because you need to take a step away. I'll reiterate that. It's like a step away is not a step back. Right. You know, it can be exactly what you need in order to come back in full force Mm -hmm. or to actually just find a completely different path. And that's a beautiful thing too. You know, it's all beautiful. It's like, as long as you're, as long as you're following what's true, Mm -hmm. it's all beautiful. So stop worrying about it so much. Stop thinking about it so much. Like it's, it's a lot more simple than you think. Hmm. I like that. And I, I think like with this, take a step back and like take a, 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 a bigger frame, um, view of your life and where you're at. Um, you know, this kind of, I would say like, if anybody is listening to this and any of this is resonating with you is like, don't be scared to pivot. Maybe, you know, don't be scared to like, say you've been going down this direction. You are where you are you know, nothing's, nothing's going to necessarily yeah. change that, but like maybe you've been going down a direction and like, maybe this direction isn't necessarily working. And so like, consider your options where could you pivot? Where, where else could you direct yourself? And I think that, um, you know, in the journey of life, sometimes I think we need to not be so bullheaded and try to go straight through and try to do it a certain way. And I think, um, that can come up many, many times in very interesting ways. And I think if ever you're in a position, I mean, I almost speak this to my younger self, but anyone else who's on the podcast too, is if you're ever in a position where things are just not working, you know, take a step back, look at it and go, okay, well, are they not working because, um, you know, like, because I'm not pushing hard enough? Like, do I need to push harder? Or are they not working because maybe I'm not really into this path? Like, maybe I want to go this way. And the other thing, too, is I have found in my life that sometimes you can get to where you're going, but in a more roundabout way. The, the more direct way is sometimes the most difficult way. And, um, you know, it's just it's just talking with some people down in L.A. and they're, they're trying to get a TV show made. And, you know, I was saying to them, like, well, you know, as you go down this road, you really want to think about you know, how are you going to go in a side door or back door? Because if I've learned anything about producing is that very rarely are you going to be able to enter through the front door until you are somewhere or somebody. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time you want to think about, well, how do I get to the same place, but come at it from a different angle? And so I mentioned to them, like, you know, one of the things I learned to do was go onto LinkedIn, uh, find the assistant of someone you want to talk to connect with that assistant And then through that side door, you might be able to connect to the person. And if you can't get to the assistant, connect to the assistant of the assistant, you know, or whatever. And, and sometimes you might not be able to get to that person, but there might be another person. It's like, well, if I could get to this person, then I could get to that person. So really your focus is not the person you're trying to get to. Like if say someone wanted to get to JJ Abrams, very few people are going to walk through the front door and just say, Hey, I want to talk to JJ. You know, it's time. Yeah. You know, like it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and it might not happen. JJ Abrams assistant or whatever, but if you can connect through people who are auxiliary and are auxiliary to auxiliary, you might be able to come in through another direction. But if you tried to walk through the front doors and just say it, it's not going to happen. And so I think sometimes um, what I'm realizing is myself is that I'm banging my head against a wall, trying to go directly through something where it's, it's not, 
I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's a very hard way to go. And it might be good just to stop, take a step back, look at another direction, go that way and see if I can get a different angle on this, you know? Yeah. And so that, that's kind of what I would leave everybody with. And I think that's what I'm really going to walk yeah. away with. That's what I'm going to do. I was going to say, and that makes the story way more interesting because then the day when you do get to walk through the front door to J.J. Abrams, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, fuck, yes. <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. You know, you get there little by little. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.